0: Yo, what's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to another, you just don't know uh, how many times I've had to record this here podcast, right? So, welcome back to another episode, uh, episode uh, 90-something-ish, something close to that. It's a fantastic day. I already got my notes here. It's Thursday, it's not bright and early in the morning, but it's the morning, it's early enough, too early to be working. And uh, I want to welcome y'all back, man. Thank y'all for listening, thank y'all for Let me, stopping by. I appreciate the uh, subscribes, the reviews, the the likes, uh, the talks, um, everything, everything, everything is it's it's great, you know. We're gonna. I'll take this to a higher level. Just made that up. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm just like, I'm like the Ohio players. Um, I'm not, I don't know where Ohio is on the map. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about today, right? So I kind of, you know, it's not even eluded at this point. Uh, at this point, this podcast has become a burden on my time and my space in my mental capacity, uh, in the last 24 hours, this is the fifth, fifth, so if you heard that yo, and it was a little bit of a lack of enthusiasm, this is the fifth time that I'm going to record this here podcast, number two, number one was good. Number two was even better. Because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just kick it up. And number three, I'm like, oh, shit. We're just going to kick it up two notches. Two chili peppers. And I get nothing. Number four was miserable. Um, and number five. You know, I was going to talk to y'all maybe about some, you know, growing plants. Uh, peeling potatoes. Uh, the differences in seasoning potatoes and sweet potatoes. You know, sweet potatoes like to throw a little spice. You throw some cayenne in there. You throw some cracked pepper in there. You throw a little bit of salt, not too much salt. You don't want regular molten salt. You need some some sea salt. You need some salt with some substance on it. Because you're also going to need a, a, a bit of a... I would say the salt wasn't give you a crunchy texture, but sea salt, you just need, sweet potatoes need a little bit more than me. But we're not going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about the UFC just a tad bit. Um, Where I went wrong, where I went right with my previous picks. And uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of Team USA. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. I got notes here and everything because I've talked about this uh, several times uh, directly into the wall. So, with the UFC, right? So, the UFC, we went – and I just saw another video uh, right before uh, recording this. So, this is uh, even more delicious, right? So, uh, in the UFC, my picks, I I made seven picks. I was three and four uh, in the picks. But in money-wise, I was up because in one of the picks, I chose um, Irene uh, Odanya to win by knockout. Right? It was like plus 400 for her to win by knockout. So I was under, well, because I was three and four. But betting on her, it put me over. You know what I'm saying? So we was up. But not up like I want to be up. I would rather be Seven and zero, and that, and that come on top with the extra cookie. I don't want to lose no money. Uh, but the UFC was a, a fantastic show as far as the fights. Um, I, I I don't know how many times I, I've said it. Uh, Production wise, they are the the worst major company to to do or produce or to write or to make or to film anything. Uh, it is sloppy. I'm not sure how John Annick uh, can deal with it. I don't know what's going on his headphones, but it it has a sound like uh Undertaker versus mankind, Hell in the Cell, nineteen ninety seven or eight, whenever that was. That must be going on in John uh yeah, because there's no way, um, a, a billion, multi-billion dollar corporation that is working with another multi-billion dollar corporation can just produce, uh such piss poor uh production as far as you know something it's pay-per-view at that you know this ain't uh, access cable uh, motherfuckers we we paying 50 60 65 on top of everything else uh people pay for to to just to want to be comfortable to enjoy these fights so Uh, I think they really need to step it up. I don't know if it's ESPN side. I'm going to assume it's ESPN side, um, being as though they've never really dealt with, like, pay-per-view sales, not pay-per-view, you know, services. uh, Not that I know of, but this has really never happened with the UFC before. It was kind of okay, but um, obvious holes in the show, you know, a fight is canceled, and we got, like, 30 minutes of nobody knowing what the fuck to do. Is that not a backup plan? Can you just not show an old fight? Can you just not show... Uh, you you have other people talk. Like, they, they cut to... Um, uh, they cut to somebody. Oh, my God. They cut to Cormier and Michael Eves. Evans, I, I forgive me for his name. But you have all these talents. Let them make up stuff. To fix our time. Don't don't show continuous, um, you know, fight recaps, and behind the scenes. How many times I got to see Dustin Poirier get his fucking hand wrapped? How many times I got to see Conor talk about some dumb shit? You don't have to comp- continuously play this stuff in a loop. You have great personalities there that people want to see. Put the fucking camera in the crowd. Uh, you you. I think I don't know if this was in Vegas. You've you been in Texas. You've been in Vegas. Motherfuckers that got a mask anyway. Just go in the crowd, and go talk to some niggas. Just, it see what's going on. See what Nick Diaz Nick Diaz is doing. What what ale is he sipping on today? Do that with the, the extra time. Uh you have uh, such that's what I like about the UFC. You have a lot of great, great personalities uh for the UFC, whether it's commentators or, or fighters, you have a lot of people you can talk to, former fighters. This is uh, chill sudden could have did the whole thirty minutes. Um. That's my only complaint about the UFC. Just the, the production. If you look at the NFL, the the, NBA, the NFL is every Sunday, Monday, we have no technical problems like that. No technical issues like this. Um Just sad. Just just sad, cheap motherfuckers. But again, love the fights. Uh, though I I don't want to go. I watch the whole thing. I watch the whole thing every time between uh, pre prelims, prelims, may call whatever. I I, I always watch the whole thing. But UFC is becoming, uh, not as is becoming as it is my favorite sport. Um, there's nothing I just enjoy watching. Just like fuck cutting on the UFC and not worrying about shit. It's the only. Um. Show that I still like get like you know, not goosebumps, but like you get fucking riled up, you get pumped up. You know, what I'm saying that NBA hasn't even with the Super Bowl, um, I haven't even watched the Super Bowl the past couple years. Uh, and I'm forcing myself to kind of watch the, the NBA finals just for just to say I'm watching it to be honest. But uh, the UFC gives me a genuine fan feeling, uh, that this uh, broken, withered. Uh, an adamantium built body uh, hasn't felt in a long time so I really like it so that's why I'm so hard on production because these cats make so much money uh, it's fucking ESPN is involved get y'all shit together sweet Jesus let me get a little coffee in me ah, so with the fights uh, I want to discuss we'll discuss the, the co-main We'll discuss the main event, obviously. Uh, the co-main between Gilbert Burns and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the pre preview. Um, I had Stephen Wonderboy Thompson winning, but I said, of course, it's a toss-up because Gilbert Burns is uh, fantastic. Really quick hands, throwing that right hand out there. Um, but as we've seen, he's good with takedowns. He won in more of a, you know, technical fashion. But that's pretty much the only way you have to beat Wonderboy Thompson. Um, he's he's very elusive. He's like uh, a maybe a Thompson's gazelle and a spider all wrapped up in one. I'm not sure how those things would look if you merge them. Uh, but he seems like how he moves. He can really the way he gets away, the way he kicks, the way he moves. It it, it feels like he got more than two legs. You know what I'm saying? Like he's kicking the shit out of niggas. It, you imagine you. I used to work with a cat that was like. Really good at taekwondo, right? Just use a, a regular, regular dude, regular name. You would never know it that this dude can you could put an apple on your head and he could do a roundhouse kick and kick that bitch off. This obviously I would never do something like that, but I saw him do it to a motherfucker and he just regular. Her stories and beating up three, four dudes at a time. Of course, peep cats coming at him. I'm not going out there doing that because he's just regular dude. I swear you wouldn't know it. Quiet cat, wouldn't know it. This Steve Wonderboy Thompson. This is undefeated in like combat, combat. So getting to him and taking him down and uh trying to weigh him and keeping him down as it was the most impressive thing he actually. Keeping one of our was super impressive for Gilbert Byrne. So, uh, being able to do that controller fight uh, gets himself really, really close, um, into another uh title fight. Uh, I would hope for his sake and Leon Edwards' sake that they don't make the mistake of fighting each other for the number one contenders and be fools. Um, just you can each go your turn it would be stupid to let them cancel each other out because it would waste Leon Edwards and it would waste uh, the redemption story of Gilbert Burns. Um, I'm pretty sure Gilbert Burns would probably have to do another fight. I would have no idea who that fight is against. But I said Leon Edwards because I know the UFC and these are the two top contenders and usually the cat that just lost the belt, if he has a big win to get get. Back in because, like I said, usually cats always lose, except down you call me when you come off the title fight. Most cats lose, except down you call me, and that's how to get themselves instantly back into another title fight. So, um, Gilbert Burns and Leon, that was honestly it, does make the most sense on paper, but I think they're both on two different roads. Um, but they're going the same way, like it's. It's fifty nine north and it's forty nine north but it's two different types of nought. You know what I'm saying? You smell what I'm cooking. So, uh, but I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna end up being a thing anyway. So, uh, I would rather see both of them individually get their, get their, their, their own shots and set up. Because what's gonna happen is Leon's gonna get, he's probably gonna get touched up. I'll be honest. Uh, that, and that's a good fight. I, I would. I would bet on that fight. I would, I would easily bet on that fight. I usually don't bet on fights, but this is something I noticed, right? So I'm a dummy. So I've been watching and reading a, a lot of gambling and, and betting and what the sharps do. And, you know, I'm really starting to get into this stuff, right? Because, like, obviously, making more money is you know, what you want to do, it's the goal. But the, the science of it, the math of it, is what I really enjoy, excuse me, about about um about betting, right? So and the better things about it is if you like me, and if you've been watching these sports pretty much all your life, um, or you watch every single weekend, you have an idea of the of the fighters, you have an idea of what's going on, right? So what I found, let me go to the MMA section, Uh, right, for betting this weekend, right? So, this weekend, the uh, it's uh, Tiago uh, uh, Moses. Is, it's not Moses, but it's spelled like Moses with an I. I forgot his name. I guess Islam Makhachev, That's the main event. Uh, Misha Tate is fighting in a co-main event. But, right, so you have the straight-up money line. But you can also bet. Over and under in rounds. In rounds. So for instance, Jeremy Stevens is fighting this dude. uh Mateus uh Gamera, I believe this dude is uh he's he's like 10 and 1, he's undefeated. No, he's 10 and 1. I say he's 10 and 1, and then say he's undefeated like an idiot, but he's 10 and one He's undefeated in the UFC. And um he's an up-and-coming guy against Jeremy Stevens, who is a Jeremy Stevens is a, a 50-50 guy, right? Either he's going to put you out or he's going to go out. Like he has some decisions, but it's going to be an either way thing. You either going to knock him out or he going to knock your ass out. So going the money line, which is plus 175 for Jeremy Stevens, to me, doesn't make sense. Going the under two and a half rounds because your boy don't think this is going to the third round, plus 100. That, to me, makes a lot more sense to bet because, like I said, Jeremy Stevens, he's on a little bit of a losing streak and he comes out and he's going to do one thing. He's going to barrel your ass up and he's throwing real headmakers. I'm telling you, I don't know if y'all seen Jeremy Stevens fight, but he's throwing some real dogs. So if if you're not reciprocating, then you sleep. right? But the other thing about Jeremy Stevens you know, he's a little bit older. Uh, he's been fighting a while. He's probably had like 40, 45. He probably had 50 professional fights. He's probably had like at least 30 up in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that just takes the toll on you in general. And like I said, this this Gamero dude, is an up-and-coming cat at 10 and 1. So I don't see this going three rounds. That's why plus 100 under two and a half rounds or just under three rounds makes a lot more sense to me than me betting on the actual fighter. If y'all smell what I'm cooking now, in every instance, that don't make that won't make sense. Um I'm thinking the same thing for Islam Makachev, but Islam Makachev, I don't think has any finishes. I think all this shit is just Decisions, right? He has probably submissions, of course. He got TKO. I didn't know that. Let's check this out. How did how did Islam Makachev get TKO? Oh, he looks young. Oh, Islam looks like a baby in this motherfucker. Oh, he's throwing wild punches. Okay. Oh, yeah. He caught a big overhand right. Oh, it's a, nah, it's a quick stoppage, too. It's a quick stoppage. It's a quick stoppage. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. He was waiting on him. Yeah, he was waiting on him. Okay. All right, so that was a bad stoppage. I just had to look at that. Sometimes you got to go back and look at, the, you know, when the, how these cats lose. Because like I told you all the last, it's a it's a lot of bad decisions in the UFC. It's a lot of terrible judging, a lot of terrible reference. There's just a lot of terrible stuff that goes on. And UFC just kind of, to be honest, they just move on. Like, you lost by a bad decision? Oh, well, nigga, we'll see you in the next fight. Like, people really hold on. Don't hold on. Uh, to bad decisions and, and everything like that. So But Islam still hasn't really fought anybody. Let's see who uh I see who he's fought. Since was fault. Alexander Hernandez, who was really tough. Let me see. This same Hernandez. Yeah, Alexander Hernandez is a really tough cat. Um How'd he beat him? He beat him by a decision. Bobby Green, Michael Johnson. lost to Daniel Berry. Uh, Benio Darius switched his letters around. He has not fall much either. A lot of decisions. So uh, what I go on, I go on SureDog. I said that in the last pod, but I'll, I'll go to every pod. SureDog gives you uh, a decent amount of statistics. You know what I'm saying? On uh, uh, their fight history or show, you know, decisions and losses or whatever. And then you just go upon yourself to see how these things were. Uh, I, I go for strength of schedule. If you have fought. Uh, a tough person and went to decision or maybe you submitted Maybe I got to just go watch the fight because you could lose by knockout. But at one point you could have touched them up and you almost knocked them out or almost had a submission on them. So there's a lot of things that goes on uh, with these fights that you kind of have to see or know. Um, Cause like I said, they they just move on from bad decisions or a bad stoppage or, uh, you know, a bad judging decision. They just move on from it. It's, it's kind of stupid. Uh, It's just a fucking L, and that's going. And even when there's a lot of no contests, where they, you know, someone's uh, appeals uh, a a decision. Even a lot of these no contests, they don't even tell you it's a no contest. They they may bring it up, uh, but they'll show it on the record and just move on. Um, That's what you have to watch for. So, I don't I don't like going with upsets. but actually my upset alert would let me see i start out read, reads upset alert might be Islam makachev and Tiago because uh, Islam makachev is minus 700 and plus 450 you know what I won't pick a winner I'll go under four and a half rounds. I much I feel much more comfortable betting on under four and a half rounds and taking that plus money at plus 120. Uh, even though Islam Makachev is a, a decision machine, uh sometimes in these, you know, and this is me trying to, this is me creating my own narrative. You can jump on if you want, but sometimes in these fights uh where there is a big Um, how do I say a big uh underdog? He's plus 450 versus Islam Makata being minus 700 against a guy who is actually pretty good. You, You get in these parts where real people who know what's going on will say, Wait, wait, why is this? Why is this betting line so far away? Right, and and this comes with again knowing the sport, and me going on different podcasts, and me uh, uh following cats like uh, Dan Hardy or 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 John Anik, uh who's the UFC commentator. When they when they comment on different things, because they do fighter meetings when they're you know when they're gaining the narrative, and the, the, the fighters are in there with the coaching and all that stuff, and they tell them about themselves and about this fight, what this fight means to them and their life, etc. So, they get an extra feel of what these fighters are as people, right? You know what I'm saying? And they also get an extra feel of their level of competition that they have fought. Sometimes, I can't see every fight. I don't know all 16 fights that do, do this dude has fought. But fucking Dan Hardy knows. John Adding knows. Um, So, he, you got to kind of be within the sport as well. That's why I think that gambling is, if you ever going to bet, is best to just bet on something that you know. Most of us, like football and basketball, dog, I've been literally watching football since I was like three years old. I watch every NFL season for the most part. Since I was three, it's like I know uh, what's going on with football. You know what I'm saying? Like, Or I can at least create the narrative that I know. But for the most part, we know. We know who's going to the fucking playoffs every year. You know what I'm saying? Basketball, we know who going to the playoffs every year. We know the championship contenders, y'all. When the Warriors was winning, you, you, you already knew that. You already knew it's going to be Warriors and Cavs. At the beginning of the year, you could have picked that. You could have bet that. Think about that. I wasn't even thinking about gambling in 2016. I would have bet that every time. Next year, who do you think I'm going to bet to win the championship or go to the finals? The Lakers. Why not? I bet you the odds would be would be much lower just because of how good Phoenix and Milwaukee uh, and Utah were in the playoffs. They didn't get eliminated in the first round. So the Lakers' odds will probably be even better. And you say, well, would you pick the Lakers? <laughs> LeBron James played for the fucking Lakers. How many years? Like, that's what a lot of stats is about, dog. Just how many years has LeBron not been in the finals? In the last 10. So if, you, if, if statistics say 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10, if it was 4 out of 10, 4 out of 10 is still a whole lot. So imagine 6 or 7. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of this stuff is a lot more natural than we think it is. But you know, gambling is gambling. I don't want to try to normalize gambling, but I'm trying to create something for, for a person to have an avenue to gamble um, and discover. You know, when you go into these gambling sites, there's game props, there's player props, there's a lot of different stuff. Um, there's, there's more than just saying this team will win or this team will win by how many points and by how many points. That's how many threes will happen in the game. How many first downs will happen in the game? Uh, you can look at how many first downs a team has every week. Or you can look at the division rivalry, you know, Cincinnati versus Cleveland. How many first downs they had in the last six games they played against each other? All this stuff is, is real easy to look up. So you turn that all the way back to Islam market share, Uh Tiago has fought tough competition. And for this bet line uh, to be this far off, for Islam market share who is very good. But he hasn't fought anybody like that. So I'm gonna go under four and a half rounds. I don't think this is gonna go five rounds. Um, usually these cats uh step up Mazarat Ruiz, Jeez Louise. Hold on, let me look her up real quick. God damn, she looks fucking tough. She's another underdog on here. She is to Amanda Limos. She is plus 400. She's the second biggest underdog on the card. Oh, wee, she's from Mexico. She looks fucking tough. Oh my god, put me through a fucking flaming table. She's from El Paso. She might put me through a fucking uh, flaming table. Just might get it. Alright, anyway. So those are going to be some of my UFC picks. Um, That's how I'm going to be kind of determining what's going on with the UFC this weekend. I also have a fight uh, that I'm dealing with in Bellator, uh, which is the the main event. It should be the main event with uh, Juliana Vasquez and Denise Kain-Holtz. I also have that going under four and a half rounds, uh, plus 115. So I'm going to be dealing with that. I'm going to be studying some more fights. Um, but let's move on. Another thing I want to talk about, of course, the NBA Finals, right? So I'm glad the first, uh, 15 podcasts did kind of, uh, go out on me because I got a chance to see last night's game, um, pretty much the entirety of, it, um, to kind of build on what I talked about in the previous episodes, which was the Chris, per- Chris Paul curse. It's not done just yet. Um, they were two and zero. He came back. Now they're on two. I, I'm not entirely sure. It's a combination of a couple of things, right? So I could quite easily just go, you know, blame everything on on the nut puncher. Um which is probably what I should do just for just for shits and giggles but uh two things happened when Chris Paul went out Cameron Payne really stepped up Cameron Payne as I've seen it really hasn't been having a uh he hasn't been having a consistent playoff but you know he's been having a a good playoff up to this point, I would say. The first start was good. I guess the Clippers, he was good. Uh, some of it, anyway. Um, so, last game, 4 for 7, 9 points. He played 17 minutes. Uh, no assists. We, no assists. And, and this is the difference, right? When Chris Paul goes out, typically, Kevin Payne will come in and be a... The, he'll be the ball handler. So in a lot of these games, when you have dubs or you have him playing well, it's not really based on his points. Uh, in one of the Clippers games, he had like 29, but he also had nine assists. The game before that, he had nine assists. The the, the game that clutched against the Clippers, he had seven assists. The first Bucks game, he had, he had zero assists, um, but he had 10 points. And two assists, four assists, zero assists. What the Bucks are kind of figuring out is that, yes, they have a good roster, but they also have a really fucking young roster. Uh, Cam Johnson, uh, campaign, uh, a young inexperienced uh, is, is probably what would be a better word for it. Uh Kel Bridges, like these dudes, are like what campaign has been in the league uh, longer, but he's only 26. It's just a real inexperienced team. But it also could be just a home field thing. So maybe when they get back to Phoenix, uh, I believe the game is tomorrow, a couple things will change. Maybe that the home field crowd will kind of buzz them up. But Milwaukee just has a a little bit more of a veteran feel to them. Um, They seem to be handling themselves incredibly well. Um, Middleton as inconsistent as he can be when he shows up, he really shows up. Um, uh, he overly shows up. Uh, but last game he had like 11 points and the game before that he had like eight points. So, you know, it, consistency has always been just the the only thing, uh, about Middleton uh, that you can really ever say about him. He, he plays great defense, still rebounds. He still assists Well, um, but they're going to need that game. They're going to need it for two more because it's two more games and you win the NBA finals. You win two games and you win the NBA finals, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a this is a this is a, a gigantic deal. Obviously, uh, I mean they they've gotten to this point. It's been a long season. It's been a even weirder season with halfway COVID, no fans, halfway fans, big fucking crowd till all of a sudden in the playoffs. Uh breed on everybody like fucking idiots. Um And then you have Drew. I I've no idea. Um This is the same Drew. I, I really don't know. Like this is one thing that I have against these very, very good defensive players: P.J. Tucker, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday. Um, you could even put in like cats like Batum and all. that. they're not, you know, I don't think they're to the same level to uh, to them, but they're still uh, good defenders making a whole lot of money. PJ Tucker having five thousand no points is a fucking issue. I mean, zero points, zero 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 points. Like there is nothing more important than scoring thirty-eight minutes. Thirty-six minutes, forty minutes, forty-two minutes, thirty-four minutes, thirty-two minutes. His his point, um, his odds points was over four and a half points. They just need him to get five points. Five, five. This is an issue. Drew Holiday going. Uh, at one point, he was four for seventeen. I don't give a fuck how good of a defense, good defense you're playing, uh, nigga. We need a bucket, Jeez Louise. Let me get to uh, two holidays uh, deal here, man. This is. Four for 20. Because he had three steals. I guess that's okay. Four for 20. Ben Simmons. Six points. Eight points. Twelve points. 180 million. What? Dude. Do- can you just play 160 or $180 million dollars worth of defense? I guess that's the thing. I guess that's what, you know, I guess that's what. We need, they need buckets, though. Giannis' leg came off two weeks ago. We not even, they, they don't even talk about that on the fucking. Uh, I hear Mo Jackson or Van Gundy say that at all. His leg came off two weeks ago. He needs more than Middleton showing up every three games and Drew not showing up at all. So we talk about the defense. We talk about the points. We talk about everything that Giannis does. His leg came off two weeks ago. Came off. Let's uh, let's talk about team USA because looking at these stats, four for 20. Uh, the this look, this is his uh, bad games. It's mostly bad games, it's everything is bad games. Drew Holiday, four for 20, right? Last game, eight for four, what well, game for the eight for 14, seven for 21. 4 for 14, 11 for 23, 9 for 20, 6 for 17, 2 for 11, 9 for 14, 15 for 25. The 9 for 14 and 15 25 was June 25th. That's like game two of the Hawks. Long time ago. If there were, and this is uh, one thing. A uh, Barkley brought up about Donovan Mitchell. P- people actually gave him shit about it. Like, how many double doubles does do these cats have? Like, if you're not given, if you're not given, if you're a player that's worth 180 million dollars, 160 million dollars, 165 million dollars, if I play 10 games and you can't give me like at least a double double in some of these categories. Then, and you're not, because you're not giving me the points. He's not a 30 point score. He scored 33 a, a month ago. So he's not that type of player. We know that, but I'm going to need more, uh, some 10 rebounds. I'm going to need 10 assists. I'm going to need some eight and eights. I'm going to need more consistent shooting because you're going four for 20. I'm thoroughly confused because other nigga leg came off two weeks ago, and Chris Middleton decided to show up last night, and he's he's Kobe now. I'm very confused. This is more of an overall rant about the NBA. Holy shit! It's, it's 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 terrible. It's fucking horrible. Highest paid players, not even playing. Oh niggas hurt. Peace. And that takes me to the the softness. Of uh, of Team USA, um, so they bounce back. It be somebody because they're actually gonna start showing, you know, actually show highlights when they're not getting their ass kicked, which is you know, which I just despise. Let's see. They played somebody last night. They played Argentina, I believe. Let's pull it up. So beat Argentina by 30. Who is Argentina has on their roster? Luis Scola. Boy, Argentina's trash. Who are these people? Why don't they yet let the young boys play? Why is why is Durant playing twenty five minutes? Why John Jenkins and Dakota Mathias? Who is these people? Are these are these college cats? I know Sadiq Bey. Cameron Reynolds, I don't know who that is. What what's what's the deal of your here? But uh, but either way, uh they got their ass kicked by Australia, uh and also by Nigeria. Um, and in turn, you know, they didn't say anything disrespectful to, of course, the, the shitty American media uh, decided to shit on Nigeria and a, and a couple other cats. What I need to figure out is this is something we, we've talked about in previous podcasts, and it feels like we're going to lean that way even more, right? If these dudes are not used to the physicality Of FIBA of the international ball, then how long will it take for us to start getting these European cats? Because Luke already said it's way easier. And he's already proven it's way easier. So when will these top uh Spain uh, or uh Argentina? I don't know where these motherfuckers playing that. When will we get more of them? Where will the the real high level European rush come in or just Luca, just that guy that high level and everybody else that we're going to get in. is just, uh, be pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Role players or, or, or whatnot. Uh, or, or bench players, you know, cause I know there's like Composo cat. He, he's good. Uh, he plays for, uh, Denver. He's playing big minutes in the playoffs. That's because Murray was hurt, but he was still playing solid minutes for, you know, uh, a fucking rookie. Uh, I believe he's a rookie or 2nd year play. He, he hasn't been around that long. But, you know, we, we have people that have been uh, – we have younger players that can step up in big spots real quick. Like, uh, what's, his, what's his cat? Horton Tucker for the Lakers. You know, he may not have his all-around game together where he can be a starter right now but he stepped up in a big spot when they needed him. You know what I'm saying? Like same with Mikhail Bridges. He's probably been in the league two, three years at this point. Um, uh, same with Luca Luke. This is pro- this is like Luca's fourth year. Um, hopefully he doesn't have a terrible team around him, but John ja Morant uh, took his team to the playoffs in his, in his third year, uh, and the same division as somebody else who was the number one pick who also had a better roster than him. Um, but that's that's a uh, you know another discussion. Uh, so so a lot of these young cats. Uh, what's the cat from um, the Knicks? Oh my God! Uh, quickly, he stepped up in, in, in big spots. You know what I'm saying? He's not the, he's not the starter yet, um, but he stepped up in big spots. You know what I'm saying? So that's also another thing. Uh, some of these cats that seem like they qualify to be a starter. But let's say, for instance, on a winning team, he's not the starter. But if he's drafted by, like, Sacramento, or not Sacramento because they need him, whatever trash team, whatever other trash team, he'll pretty much be out there, like, winging it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll be out there just doing what he do. Either either he'll be – it's either – it's a real crash and burn situation, if y'all kind of get what I'm getting to. Like, these – Good rookies get put on good teams or average teams, and they don't start. Like, Wiseman is a second-round It's a second pick, not second round. He's the first round, but second pick. And he's really not a starter. Jackson Hayes, we got him at seven. And he's not even starting. Like, we got him at seven the same year we got Zion. And he's not really starting. I think he probably should be starting at this point. Um, but he's not really starting. So, but they would have got put on, let's say Philly, who, who decided to draft, uh, decided to, to just take every year and have top draft picks every year. All those people just crash and burned. for crashed and burned. Forgot the cat with three names. He crashed and burned. Uh, Ben Simmons, it look like he's crashing and burning. Uh, Mark L. at first with Philly, he crashed and burned. Ben Simmons. Just crashing the burn. I think it's just a Philly thing. It's definitely a Philly thing. Uh, this is not a coincidence with, with the Philadelphia 76. I'll let you know that right now. It's not a coincidence. and That's why they have an entire change of culture Um, with Daryl Morey bringing in the uh, former um president uh of basketball operations. Some high CEO cat from the Rockets getting that cat to the 76ers because They need an entire change in culture because that tries to process shit while, you know, however the media treated it. I I thought it was ridiculous that you could just continuously, continuously bring in young people, 18 and 19 year olds, and tell them to sink or swim in the worst crowd, the most unforgiving crowd, the most toothless crowd ever. And you basically just told them sink or swim. A lot of their careers are, uh, ever never gonna be the same. A lot of their careers may be over, a lot shorter than was than it was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, mellow was that good to come in, but Charlotte, Charlotte has some good. there's decent talent, but Charlotte has you know middling talent to where Melo could still shine within that. He has. He has people like Golden Hayward that's better than him. You know what I'm saying? Like when you come into, you bring these 18, 19 year olds, or 20 year olds, whoever, into these rookie situations where there's nobody on the team better than him. It's really just sinking or swimming. Like most motherfuckers ain't LeBron. Obviously, KG barely got out the out the out the pool. KG's legacy had he just. Stay with Minnesota would be totally different if he didn't climb about that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really a sink or swim. They they, they put these people in a worse position. Look at Cat. Cat is a, a a talent, unlike no other. And they have pushed and pulled with players every single year. Trying to build this, then this don't work. Then we build that. Then this don't work. Then we build that. They come in. With the young crew, the young crew don't work for like two years in the hardest conference. In the history of the NBA, pretty much, Uh, at least the hardest conference in the last 25 years. When cats coming in and it don't work, obviously, you change up everything you trade Zach Levine, who's on Olympic team right now, who's an all star, multi-time all star. I believe multi-time All-Star. You trade him for Jimmy Butler, who's there for half a year? Maybe half the season? Maybe with, uh, maybe a full season? I think he came in one half and left the other? You trade Chris Dunn, who got quality time, who got quality minutes in the playoff game. He will last year because of his defense. Surprise, they were on the Bulls together too, and they worked together because Levine is the offensive talent done this more defensive talent. They work together. Duh. Imagine having Cat with those players. I can understand the Wiggins thing maybe. But all these guys, man, like I'm glad Halliburton Uh, is this ha- Halliburton? You know, this light-skinned nigga. It's from Sacramento. I'm glad he got like Fox and Cats, who are still young but obviously Fox is, got the dog in it. You know what I'm saying? At least they can. They got Players like that, they could go go at each other with, um, yeah. But it, it's just it's just sad these cats just get put in a uh, such a, a shitty position like that. It's, it's so crazy. But I think there's gonna be, I wouldn't say an explosion, like. I don't really know how good college is. Like, I've seen a lot of players. There was this tall cat from France. This motherfucker was like seven two. He basically looked like a uh, black Porzingis, but he wasn't scared to post up and play in the inside. Um, he could shoot the three. He could shoot around. He could do a little bit of everything. I think we're going to get more of those cats in. Um, I think it's time. To, you know, the, the finals game last night was one of the worst ref games I've ever seen in general. Like, it was so bad. You don't even know. I don't even know who the refs could have been rooting for. Like, I don't think they wanted the Bucks to win. I think they just wanted to control the pace of the game. Um, it, it felt like maybe they were trying to protect a, a spread, a, a bet. I don't know what they were trying to protect, but uh, it, it was pretty fucking awful. Uh, it, it's one of the reasons why I actually thought about not watching basketball, um, because. If, if games are going to be like that, how, how these games have been with terrible referees, if, if games are going to be like this, man, like. Holy shit. I mean, make it less fucking obvious that, that you're trying to control the game. Um, which just crazy, but Team USA, um, like I said, Slovenia at plus 2000 uh, looks really good to me. Um, Nigeria and Argentina, I believe that they played. They were both plus 3,300 uh, yesterday at the very beginning of the Olympics. Okay, so they beat them. Oh, this is 2019. At the very beginning of the Olympics, they um. They were both not favorites. Obviously, U.S. was favorites, but Spain was second. Argentina and Australia was third. So I figured from those odds that maybe Argentina had a, a strong team. Um, but I think they just have a consistent team that plays together. But I say I was going to go with whoever won that game. And it looks like Nigeria won that game handily. So if if they can lose by 30 to Nigeria and they can lose by 30 to the U.S., then Argentina is not going to be one of my favorites. Actually, and this is going to be the bet to go out with. Because we're going to look up other sports. We're going to go to Olympics. We're going to go to basketball. We're going to see these odds for Nigeria to win a gold medal. Mad is up there. Oh, my God. We got three on three basketball. Oh, uh, U.S. not participating in that. Fuck, i losers. So, Nigeria to win the gold medal is plus 3,300. It's the same mods, And we're going to go with that. Right here for the motherland. We bet Nigeria plus 3,300. To win a goal, how much I won't put on that thing? 20 ball loan. We'll put a 20 ball on. 20 ball wins. Wait. $20 wins $660. Bam. Nigeria's played tough um, and they have NBA coaches uh, especially defensive coaches that's going to allow them especially with the rules going to allow them to be a lot more physical uh, we'll see about their scoring and such but they've beaten they, they were way more physical against the U.S. they couldn't handle it a lot of flopping a lot of bullshit going on and um, they handily beat Argentina so Nigeria plus 3,300 is what we going to do. Uh, I suggest doing the two. And also, I'm going to throw a 10 on Slovenia uh, for the Slovenian culture. Uh, Slovenia, tatted on my back. Thank you all for listening. Holler.